Hi, welcome to this week's episode hosted by Gray and Mark Larson, John's Health and Fitness, and Mark Elm of Leeds Beckett University, where we take training theory and science onto the gym floor. Hey up everybody, uh, welcome back, episode 7 of the Yorkshire Fitness Podcast. Um, here we are again, these weeks are flying by, aren't they lads? Flying yeah, by. Yeah, always. Flying always. by, we're looking forward to them. Um, so, um, we're continuing our chat today about habits. So, if you anybody who's listened in episode 3, we spoke about habits, mainly as a whole, but kind of good habits, bad habits, how to kind of, we, we briefed upon it slightly, didn't we, about, you know, like creating new ones, best ways, there's, there's little formats, things you can do to help, silly little things, keeping biscuits out of the way, maybe away from a kettle, uh, which we've just been talking about before. So <laughs> we're going to go deeper into that today. So obviously that is really simple, isn't it? Um, so we're going to talk more about habits. So I will be honest, I, I these two of Matt and Gray, obviously, Matt and Mark have been reading a book called The Atomic Habits. By, who is it? Who's author again, Elm? James Clear. James Clear, that's it. So we, we put lots of posts on, actually, don't we? You know, we share things of him. He's really on Instagram. Um, so it's a real good Atomic Habits, it's called, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That's it. So these two have read it. I haven't read this book, so today's um, format of the thing is I'm going to be like an interview. I'm going to ask these as in from a, from a me wanting to change habits point of view and get the answers from these to have nailed the book. Um, so I know we chat about them all the time, but we'll actually try and get into some, um, how do you actually go about it? It's all right, it's quite easy to say, isn't it? well, if you've got bad habits, you just need to stop, you need to change them. But as we spoke about last time in episode three, we don't even know that we're doing bad habits, do we? They're in the subconscious. It's like that old thing of when you drive somewhere and then you get there and you don't know how you've got there. Um, you, you kind of you change gear. You're all as habits, Mark. What were you on about earlier? Brushing your teeth, things that you do in yeah, your subconscious. Yeah. But they are all they all make up our habits. Um, mm. So it's really easy to just say to somebody, "Well, just stop eating biscuits, and you'll be fine." Or stop drinking Monday to Friday. You know, I don't know. But th- there's obviously ways in which you need. There's processes that you need to put in place to try and get over. Um, these habits, your bad ones, and try and bring in new habits. Your new habits want to be your healthy, your good habits, don't they? Basically. Yeah. Well, it's for what you are, and it's for what you want. It's a, the habits that help you get to your goals, isn't it? Really. So every so a good habit for me, it might be a bad habit for you, might it? Um, and stuff like that. But I think, I mean, the one thing that they talk about straight is like being aware of what what your habits are and that, and what even what sparks it because there's usually something that sparks what you do you know like I mean you touched on it a little bit because we said it like if your biscuit barrels inside a kettle every time you click kettle on that it's the kettle that sparks the biscuit in it you know so there's all this there's all the summit your phone in your pocket you pick up your phone and you end up scrolling through whatever and you've wasted half an hour which on some days might be an all right thing to do on other days if you're in the middle of doing some work or you've, you've got other things to do if that's if that were your opportunity to train and then you've just wasted your time scrolling through facebook or instagram then it's not a it's not a good habit is it no, um, no. so it's being aware of what sparks it and what makes you pick up that phone or what makes you pick up your biscuit or go for that can of beer or whatever it might be so yeah so man cool. you so um, really quickly, so what, 
the reason, let's talk about really quickly, the reason why we have come back to this subject so quick. So we did a little bit on it, episode three, we're now in episode seven. Yeah, yeah. We, got, we had loads of people coming to us, Mark, didn't we, at gym, saying, oh my God, the Jodie one, like, Jodie one, the number one who really hit home with, she just said, it was just like you are talking about me. She goes, it was like I was being interviewed or in the room, that was, that episode was about me. But we had quite a few of them say similar things, didn't we? You know, like, oh my God, yeah, it really hit home with me. So it's obviously a really kind of popular subject, isn't it? I think people want to know a little bit more. Yeah. Well, all as lives are, that as lives are built up on it. Everything that we do is a habit, isn't it? Everything that we do, we just everything that we do, walking around, picking up stuff. Yeah. Elm just said it perfect with uh, thing before when he said, "If you look around somebody's house, you can see what the habits are, can't you? You know, like whatever's on hand, whatever's closest on hand, that's what you tend to. That's what you're doing. That's what you just." You just do it subconsciously, don't you? You, you know, like if you thought, like like we just said before, if your phone's on the table, you're gonna walk past and you're gonna pick it up. How many times do you do that? You check it; it's there. You check to see if you've just, got no just, just because yeah. it's there, don't you? That's yeah. a, that's a habit, isn't it? That's quite scary that you do that. I do that. I know for a fact. I do yeah, that. Even I, do. I have a phone buzz, so there's nothing to make me think. Oh, I've missed no. a message. I missed a call, but you still check. 90% of the time, I know I haven't because my watch hasn't gone off to tell me, but I still will tap the phone yeah. as you are in past to see. So, Mark, Elm, do you want to just um, go a little bit further into just recap a little bit on episode three, just what we kind of covered first before we move on? Yeah, absolutely. So, I think just understanding what a habit is and why we get habits in the first place is not a bad place to start. So, our, our brains are hardwired to be as efficient and as um, effective as possible. So we talked about the last one about uh, our brains are still quite animalistic. They still think they're on the, the wild uh, in the jungle and savannah where life-threatening things can happen to them all the time. So if they're so preoccupied by the mundane routine tasks of everyday life, they might miss something really life-threatening or life-challenging. So the, the brain doesn't want to have that. It wants to be as, as efficient as possible to see some threat into the, into the environment and go, right, if this happens, I can deal with that. So to do that, I create habits. Uh, things if you look at cleaning self animals clean they, they don't they don't think about kind of preening themselves they just do it ha by habit so when okay. they're doing that if something else appeared in them they can be on, on alert to deal with it and our brains are exactly the same our brains are still as much as an animal as any uh, animal you might see in the wildlife we've got other things in our brain but that part still exists that's why we have habits we don't have that kind of threat in our environment so we don't necessarily need them as, as much as we can as, as we as we use them so our habits are evolving all the time to try and save our brains that capacity to think about higher order things. So it, like Mark used it there, you kind of, if you brush your teeth first thing in the morning, you don't think about that anymore because it's something that you've, your brain goes, right, I do that every day. So that's going to be going to form into a habit. And this is the routine. I go to the toilet, turn the tap on, toothpaste on, under the tap, if that's what you do, tap, 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 brush, 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 and off you go. And you don't have to think about that. How many times have we set off to go somewhere new and we're thinking about something different? Our brains are preoccupied. Um, something's in your mind, you've had an argument or whatever's happened in your day, you're just not thinking about where you are going. Your brain's sending you to work. You're half an hour down the road on the, on the M1 going to, going to your job and go, I didn't want to come here today. I was going somewhere else. Because you're habituated in going to this kind of routine, you're going, I don't, I don't have to think about it, I've just gone that way. So that's the first thing. We create habits to save the brain function capacity to do the things that are really going to be important to us. And they evolve all the time. 
And we start to create our environment built around those habits. So as we talked about there, if you go, um, whatever's easiest to hand is an indicator of what your habits are going to be or what they are at the moment. So that's why we have them. It's a bit different from our behavior because our behavior is something we can choose to do, something we think about. And maybe a reflection of our beliefs, our motivation, motivations, our social circles. But habits are things that we don't think about. Just we've grooved them over the time. Yeah. So when we talked about last week, we talked about things like motivation, self-discipline, uh, commitment. These are kind of over-intentional things that we try to do. But they might not be uh, aligned with our habits. So we're fighting our habits all the time. But they're such a powerful thing to fight because they're ingrained. They're not something we think about. We, we groove that into our system so much that it's a real cost to us to kind of fight against them. So our, eventually our motivation will go. Our self-discipline will go. If we're tired or stressed, all those habits will come to the fore and we can't fight them off anymore. So if you're trying to fight your habits, you'll have some temporary success, but it won't last. And that's what yeah. February was all about. We talked about the February effect. Yeah. I mean, January, we're all guns blazing. We're going to hit this hard. We've got lots of motivation, lots of commitment, lots of self-discipline. And eventually that kind of dissipates, that goes away, and our habits come back to the fore. So if you want long-term success, it's about getting rid of those habits that are not helpful and getting habits that are helpful. And sometimes it could be just getting rid of bad. Sometimes it could be just adding good. But most likely it's a combination of both. Mark, I think I do think at all with what you've just said there with um, front book. I do think it when you understand why you've got them habits, and it's not because you're weak or you're lazy or oh. or what or whatever it. You we're designed to to form them, aren't we? Do you know, yeah. like, and it's just circumstances sometimes what helps you, what creates, like you said, it might be your upbringing, it might be it might be just people you're mixing with time, but. You, it's it's something that you've sort of got no control. You're going to form habit one way or another, aren't you? I'll give you I think if people, if you can understand that a little bit, it you don't feel as uh, you know, a lot of people feel shit for themselves. Oh, oh, you know, it's all right for you. You just you know you love it. And sometimes we train and you don't love it. You're not up for it that day. You know, but we do it at a certain time every day. Boom, that's his training time. Yeah, that's thrown out, and ours goes to shit as well. I'll give you one really good example of that. It's called empty plate syndrome. So it's like a post-World War II rationing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. food was scarce. You had to eat what you were given. And actually what you were given is probably not quite enough of what you needed. So the thought of leaving food on your plate at the end of a meal was just not, you, you weren't allowed to do that. Like, and most people didn't even want to do that because they were hungry. Manual work as well at that time. So the empty plate syndrome came from this kind of post-war Britain. Well, we got into the 60s, 70s, 80s, and actually that, that kind of world didn't exist anymore. People became less um, active through kind of more, techno more technology and food was more abundant. So the idea of you must finish what, what was on your plate became um, irrelevant. It wasn't something that we had, but we habitually became a habit. Finish what's on your plate. Finish what's on your plate is a habit. The people will probably will admit to you that I was full, but I had four chips last time we played, and I ate those four. Why? I don't know. I just did it. I just what I have to do. And I wish I hadn't done it. I feel full now. I feel too full now. I feel bad about myself because I've eaten far too much food. We get into portion size and all those kind of things, but it, that habit of finishing what's on your plate was born out of something that was generations before you 
But actually, as yeah. a society, we as a habit that we all had. But we'll beat ourselves up about something. We're actually it's hardwired into your brain to do, and we just need to kind of understand that, be be kind to ourselves, and go, "That's okay." And then what we're going to talk about today is how do we get rid of it and, and replace yeah. it with something more beneficial. Yeah. So I think we, we, we spoke about that, didn't we, on the last one? Um, it, it's not a bad thing, Matt. You just said it then. We, we've all got them. So if you are listening and you're thinking, oh, Jesus, that's me. Oh, my God, that's me. You know, if you're talking about certain bad habits that you need to break them, it's like, it's not a bad thing. It's just, right, you've got to identify them. Like you just said, Matt, you need to identify the habit, the bad habits first, don't you? to mm. then be able to move on and put things in place to stop. So I'll give you an example. When I used to work for NHS, um, every dinner time, lunchtime, you'd kind of meet back at us hub where we were, physios, we were like people all out, on, out and about, going around the community. Generally, lunchtime, there were just always cakes and biscuits. So 90% of the staff who were there, there were, I don't know, 25 of us around, around working out of that hub. 90% would just be grabbing biscuits at dinner time. You're not wanting biscuits, but they'll have been doing it just through that is that's a habit that has been formed mm -hmm. over a long time and probably over years and years of that's just what happens in the in that office environment. And that but I, I were like I used to be quite strong with it and like just refuse it was like a bit of my joke. Like I'm not just, just not getting into eating biscuits for the sake of it, but you can see, you can totally see how easy it was just to be walking past most people at dinner time, at the lunch, having a cuppa after the sandwich or whatever it is they've had, and they just grab a biscuit because they were there. So that is, so give us some examples then. One of you, fire away. You do that for a job. You're in the office environment. How do you take away, how do you start building the new habits to get out of that? Well, you've identified some two two things there that are kind of two key themes. I think we'll talk about. Um, so the, the first step is you, you've identified it. That's the main thing. Going that thing that I'm doing there is a habit, and it's a habit I don't want. And as soon as you become aware of it, life gets a little bit easier. Not a lot easier. I'm not going to say you've cracked it by any stretch, but it becomes a little bit. Going, I now am aware that that is a habit, but and I can now think about it. Because habits, what yeah. I said, is something you don't think about. As soon as you can start attributing some thought to it, you, you become a little bit more, you take ownership of that mm -hmm. habit as opposed to something that happens to you. So habits that happen to you, you've, you've grew that behavior a long time. So eventually they happen to you rather than you controlling it. So first, like you say, I am not going, I'm aware now that when I go in that room and they're all in there, there will be biscuits and um, the, the social pressure is to have one. And actually... At the time, there's a lot of reward from having it as well because you become accepted within the group. Um, <laughs> biscuits are nice. Like, yeah. I like eating biscuits. There's no, like, I don't get away from it. I go, there's a reason why people make biscuits and the reason why they sell make you feel good. nice. Yeah. So, but that's the first part. The, the uh, second but, part but I, is... Go on, sorry, Gray. Can I just say something? Just wait a little quickly. So I'm just reading through my little... So I've got, I've got a PDF that I use and it's quite good for work and kind of helps keep your brain ticking over. Mark, you've read this, haven't you? And some of these quotes and things are out of the atomic habits. And as you're talking about that, I'm just reading. It says, when you stop caring about, this is a quote, when you stop caring about what other people think, you are then free to do the best work you've ever done. 
that's kind of what you've just said. Stop worrying about what other people think and stop trying to be accepted into that group by eating cake and biscuits at dinner time with everybody else, isn't it? And be the one to go, I'm not having them today. I, I, Take I, an apple in with you. Yeah. I, I agree that the real hard problem with that is it's a very naive and very um, idealistic thing to say, but, but human beings are social creatures. We live yeah. in troops. Yeah. Yeah. And... Um, if that troop of people that you you work with is appealing to you and you want to, if you're starting a new job and everybody else in that group of people goes in the break room and has biscuits and you're the kind of odd one out eating an apple and, and refusing that, you, you you will feel that immense social pressure to conform. Not, not overtly, not someone's going to tell you you must do You can't come in if you're going to eat that biscuit. But... That inner chimp that you got, if you read Chimp Paradox, those people read that book will kind of hear what I'm saying now. That chimp is going to go, ah, I'm going to get angry. I'm going to get anxious. I'm being excluded. I'm not being part of the group. Um, I'm going to get really emotional about this. And that emotion, that chimp is put back in his box by having that biscuit. Yeah. And that that's, so one of the things you have to kind of then think about is, is that realistic? Is that achievable? Is that something that me going in there with an apple when everybody else is eating um, cakes and biscuits and that kind of thing, is that a, is that a realistic behaviour for me? Like, I suppose it depends on how much you like biscuits as well. But assuming that you do, and I'm definitely somebody that does, I'm not going to give up a biscuit for an apple. That is not a choice I'll ever make. <laughs> you'd, you'd, have you'd, you'd, have to start, you'd have to start one day a week wouldn't you you'd have to start small you'd have to start somewhere or you're just accepting that you're never going to change well it's also looking at what are my options so we think about black and white what are my options so it could be that i'm going to go in for three minutes i'm going to be sociable for three minutes why three minutes well i reckon i can resist the biscuit for three minutes if i'm in there for five i'm having a, i'm having three digesters and a custard cream <laughs> but if i'm in there for three I reckon I can go in, I can say a lot of people, I can be sociable and leave before the opportunity becomes too much to resist. So going, so we talk about behaviours. Uh, and one of the things about kind of about in, intentions, going, I know my limitations, my strengths. I'm going, I'm going to go in there and I'm not going to have a biscuit. But to do that means I can't spend 15 minutes in that environment because if I do that, I'm, I'm, I hit the limit of my self-determination, my self-discipline. So I might go for three. I might go out, come back. Go back for the first three, the last three of the break. Um, you might end up going out with the smokers then, which is even worse, but we'll, we'll deal with that with another time. Yeah, um, yeah. But you've avoided the biscuits for, for, for now. Yeah. Um, One habit at a time. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. And then that's a really good kind of uh, story because one of the things we'll talk about today is it controlling your environment. What happens is when you're not in control of your environment, what happens if your environment is external to you, you, you are somebody who is enforced into an environment and you can't control it. You just have to control what you can control, which is how you interact with that environment. So if I say, I know if I go in that breakout room and they're all in there, I'm, I'm going to eat biscuits and cakes. I'm not, I can't be in there for long. So I'm going to leave after three minutes. But where, where do I go then? What do I do next? So we talk about habit stacking. And one of the things it could be is that, well, I want to do something positive. So it might well be that I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to go for a 10-minute walk. And then I'm going to go so five minutes out, five minutes back, and then 
fucking might get myself the, the, the cup of tea or brew that I want. It might be, I'm going to go in, make my cup of tea or coffee, and I'm going to go for a walk with it, indoors, outdoors, wherever, and come back in to put my cup back and wash up and then I'm on for the rest of the day. But I'm not going to be in there when they're all chucking down digestives for fun. So you're, you've controlled your environment as best you can, but still being aware that actually that social pull is to be in the room and be with other, other people. And realise you need to control who your social environment is as well. So it might be going, they think that's okay and they see what I'm doing is not okay. But do other people think like that? Do other people think like me? Can I, can I go for a walk with somebody else? I'm gonna, hey, Mark, I'm going to say, you never know. You're going for a walk in that situation. Somebody else might go, you know what? Yeah. I want to do that. And then you've got your own little circle then, haven't you? you, get your, and, it, and not to try and separate break circles up, but it just becomes a little bit more normal, doesn't it? And then, you, and then all of a sudden you're around other people who are a bit more like-minded and, and that can grow, can't it? Yeah. Yeah. That's so, a good one. So, so big one there then, what you've just... So, habit, so we're realising that habits are probably formed via the kind of surround, uh, surroundings out there as well. They're not just... They don't just... They're not necessarily personal habits no. that create in. They are yeah. what we surround ourselves with. Yeah. yeah. You, and like you said, and when it's work, you, you haven't got no control over that, have you? Uh, you know, but, you know, even, listen, even us up at gym, right? So Justin, Justin walks into gym some days and he comes in with bloody two packets of ob chocolate obnobs, you know, puts them down on thing. Now, how many times have you picked up one of them chocolate obnobs when you haven't even been bothered about having one? <laughs> Huh? Never. You, you don't even want a bit. If you're just feeling that little bit, yeah, you walk in, yeah, you see yeah, one, you grab one. If he'd have walked in with a bag of yeah. apples and he'd have put yeah. them up, thing, you would have grabbed an apple, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, still there now. If it's, no, no, I love an apple. I've just had one. Um, no, it's um, it is. It's forced upon you. It could be through your job. It could be through people you're with. There's there's loads of reasons in the why. Uh, we do certain, like a lot of us, um, I mean, I'm not, I won't going to use that, but as behaviours are influenced by other people and, and where we are in that thing. And, and what you see, like you said, what you see is acceptable. One play, one workplace might be biscuits in, and donuts in canteen. Other people might be going for a drink. You know, it might be that pub yeah. culture and going for a, a regular pint every, you know, every dinner time or every tea time or whatever it might be. So you you know like it, it's also you might drop it you might drop lucky you might be in where they've got a walking pub and they go for a walk every day time or they all go to local gym and there's a a new spin class that's just started or something like that you know like and you never know do you? Oh, the reason you're Christ. Yeah. So um, shall we speak a little bit about that then that we were talking about a little bit before we come on air about the like. Just br just briefly, just kind of go over that. What we try and create, Matt, at gym, while we I just think, well, you brought it up now. Yeah. We're just trying how, yeah. how we try to create that kind of good circuit, like you said, when we're talking about you are your surroundings and the people that you are at work. That's kind of a big thing that we really try and work on, isn't it? Is and get everybody involved in the same group and all kind of all try and get them all working towards the same goal of having more good habits and working together, coming to the gym, knowing as be, becoming part of the family, the St. John's family, as we call it. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I don't, 
I think thing was, I don't think we ever set out to do that intentionally, did we? As such, no, one, no, no. not not thinking, not thinking that we we're going to start creating people's great habits, and that wasn't what we did it. But we just no. we've talked about it before. We we liked being involved with a team, didn't we? And this was our yes. way of creating a bit of a team. And and I said it to somebody today. We were, we were on about it today, weren't we? A little bit. It's sort of everybody who comes the we we don't have any dickheads, do we? But, but it's and we haven't got. It's like we've got it's that all black book in it, the no dickheads thing. We have, but it's like yeah. we've consciously gone out and said no dickheads here or whatever it might be. But like it attracts like-minded people. We do if you if you're an extreme kind of trainer. If you you know we've talked about it before. I'm not knocking anybody who does any form of training. You all do what you want to do. We're all we're all individual. And if you want to go down bodybuilding route and go down that way, that's fine. If you want to go and just be a runner or whatever. You know what I mean? Running's great. I'm not knocking that at all, but all the yeah, things... But would, would, yeah. But if we created a running club, we'd have run, actual just... Yeah, yeah, just yeah. But runners, wouldn't we? And like I say, if we were a bodybuilding gym, we'd have more people... Yeah, who but, but we, attract, we attract the same sort of people and we tend to... Maybe because it's how we are and, and we're, we're quite open with people and we treat people... Dickheads don't... We've had an odd dickhead start. They don't last. Same, do you know what I mean? Hey? Same dickhead quite a lot. Yeah, well, it's just that term. But, we, but, <laughs> we haven't had, but we've never had to ask anybody to leave, have we? You're no, just, no. People, we're, we're... But people fit into what we, to like, so the, it's probably people with similar beliefs to us. We're yeah. not extreme trainers. We just but, enjoy. We've said before, we're not, we're not bodybuilders. We're not weightlifters and strain purely strength we're not all cardio and hit and doing this we're not runners we're not cyclists we just like training we like a variety of training yeah. and that that's the sort of environment we don't specialize up and that's kept us at a, a reasonable level you know like where we can if you know if we need to go for a run we can run at an all right pace we're not going to break no records if we want to go into the gym and lift some weights we can lift a bit of weight we're not going to break no records on that neither but we're pretty consistent in that as levels across at bar, like a little bit of a, um, what do you want to call it? What would you say there? But it, it attracts like-minded people. And yeah, but that does create the group that we've, uh, that we've got. And that's a massive part of being accepted. Being accepted in that sort of group and being, being in with people who are after the same things as you, whether it be you want to lose weight, you just want to be that little bit fitter, you want to be more active. Might because you've had a so you know we've had many people join because they've, they've had a bit of an health scare, aren't they? Or yeah. they found out certain things about the health that they want to improve on, and others just get to a point and just go, "I just want to train, or I want to try somewhere different." I've heard about us, so I've waffled a bit there, haven't I? Cool. Yeah, Mark, we want to try, try and assess them. What, what what I was probably going to come in there with a bit is 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 as I waffle on myself about science is, is kind of understanding why that is such an important thing. So the first thing is to, to say, actually, what you offer is completely different to the big box gym where you, you're the one, one person who goes in or you might have a PT, but you're not part of a community. You're just somebody who goes to a gym. When somebody comes to you guys, they, they, you try to bring them in, in that community. I spoke a little bit about earlier that humans are social creatures. We, we want to be part of groups, like-minded groups, want to be kind of feel like we wanted and, and socially included. And then that becomes a really appealing thing to have. So actually, you're offering a service above and beyond, uh, and that's going to be more more effective for lots of people. And but especially if you align yourself to 
how you guys want to train. That's going to be really powerful for those people. Again, if, if they don't want to train like you want to train, it won't work. But they 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 either don't come or they leave quickly. I won't use the D yeah. word. You killed that one. Yeah. Um, but in terms of like why that happens for, for habits, so coming back to habits, so, so we start off with, with behaviours and repeat those behaviours enough, they become a habit. But for somebody to behave in a particular way, there's a couple of kind of criteria that has to be met. So I think we talk about this off air. So one has to be both fun and beneficial. The more beneficial and fun it is, the more likely you need to want to do that behaviour. So we talked a couple of weeks, like yeah, two weeks ago, last week, about uh, two weeks ago, about female strength training. So um, it might well be that, that women I mean, look at strength training as being beneficial, but not necessarily fun. So it might put them off doing it, but they might be a bit tempted because it's beneficial. Okay. The next bit is social norms. So does this behavior fit in with the group of people that I associate with? Or I find um, aspirational, or I, I place value on. So I kind of have social power over me. So if somebody's got social power, they're more likely to influence your behavior. So if you went into a group of people that were your NHS uh, breakfast club where you got break, uh, biscuits here and everywhere, you come in and saying, oh, I've just been for a 5K run. I'm going to do some burpees outside and eat my um, um, hummus. You're probably not going to find a lot of kind of acceptance in that room. But you no. take that to St. John's community and they go, that's brilliant. Well done. You're going to get a lot of reinforcement, a lot of praise, and people are going to go, that's great. And you're going to get kind of, I'm going to repeat that behavior because that's part, being part of the group. That behavior fits in to how that group behaves. That's really why it's important. That's why you keep the members a long period of time because they're going to be <coughs> kind of forming habits because they're those behaviors that you're all doing are kind of helping each other out. So the, the thing we talk about from habits, why you guys offer something different to, to other gyms is, if you are somebody that wants to change your habits and realize the, the, the social environment you've got is not, not helpful to that, and they look at what you guys do going, well, if I join that group, they will help me do that because they behave the way I want to behave. And having a blueprint in your head about going, here's the behaviors I want to do. These are the behaviors that are going to get me to, to lose weight, be healthy, run faster, whatever someone's goal is going to be, they're going to go, well, that's a group that's going to help me. It's not just the 30 minutes of exercise. It's not with a diet plan. Those things don't work. It's, it's what you do 24 hours a day that works. And fitting the diet and the exercise into that is what, what kind of pushes you over the edge. Because I say people are full, like, generally full of people pushing things against the grain. And it, February is done with. So somebody yeah. goes, right, I, I need to have a bit of a lifestyle reset here. I need to have a reboot. These are my bad habits. These are my good habits. But like everybody I know has the same habits as me. So I, they're not going to tolerate me being the odd one out. I won't tolerate me being the odd one out because my inner chimp is going to go, I'm being excluded here. I'm, not, I'm different from everybody else. I don't like it. Emotional response, back to my old ways. By moving to a new group who have got the same habits I want, my chimp is happy because it's part of a group and they're, they're going to go, yep, this is brilliant. I'm getting reinforcement from other people for, for rewarding myself or they're rewarding me and praising me for doing the things that I want to do. So there's a, there's a lot of psychological science that goes behind that, that accidental thing that you stumbled upon, but it's a really powerful thing that you've got. And, and that's why a lot of people who go to these big box teams, one-on-one PTs, don't have any other social group around them that's supportive, will ultimately fail. There's some really kind of resilient, hardworking, mentally tough people out there that go against the grain. But there's more that's not. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I think I think that just brought that that shows the importance, Mark, doesn't it? Of kind of of like I said, we, we've definitely tried creating a community, 
that, that oh yeah, 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 we have, yeah. It has, yeah. but like I said, it's kind of happened kind of organically, and it from a starting 12, 13 years ago, it's outdoor, you know, like yeah. it was group that we started there, like you, you hit nail on head, it was kind of our replacement of us rugby, we missed, we missed that team, you know, the 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 togetherness of the, the team sport, we just really missed that, and it was, how can we get that back, well, well we've retired, you can't, we're not just going to go back playing to keep doing that forever, so that's kind of what, that was the birth of St John, of Camp Wakefield, the yeah, outdoor yeah. group training and it, and it was great because that is how it started outdoor like rugby training that's kind of how it started and I suppose that is what we realised quite quick that is what people liked when we started organising doing a three peak you know like a three peak challenge as a group and there's little events and the, the love being that togetherness really helps doesn't it and the become it, even the even little social like as little nights out and stuff like that yeah. it just it yeah. all just you know like it, that bit of balance it isn't all about just hardcore training and you no, know just, no, it's, it's that full balance in it and we're that's what I think I think we're pretty we're pretty balanced like you know we we don't mind a beer on a weekend or whatever or and we don't eat like bloody you know just you know prepped meals every day you know with your chicken and your broccoli or doing whatever we we just it, it's having a balance in it and then it, it's more uh, sustainable in it but if you can create that that it bit We've all said eight. I mean, it's eight. It's thrown about a lot in it, but the eight to twenty. If you can live your life, yeah. If you can live your life eighty percent at time, pretty good. Eat pretty good. Keep pretty active. The twenty percent when you do want to do them things and have that night out and you want to have that beer or whatever, it's not going to do that much harm, is it? No, Uh, definitely. You don't have to beat yourself up about it that much, and you can you can get some enjoyment out of it as long as it's eighty twenty the way. If it's eighty twenty party. Then you're in yeah. So I'll just go through them re- really quickly. Then sorry, I'm gone. Yes, we, I'm just going to say exactly the same thing. We're running out of time, so we'll just probably work yeah. the cap there. Yeah. yeah. So a number one priority is identifying it. Yeah. Identify. Yeah. You need to know. You obviously you need to know there's a problem to start with. So that's a number one. Then it's find what like identify the actual habit that you want to kick. And then put it to put in place. It's what's give, give me, give us a couple of examples, both of you. So where, where do people start? You know, like what's the first thing that they should do to try once they have identified? So well, I'll I'll go. I'll go on. You'll go. No, no, you go. No, no, please, you do. <laughs> all I will, all I will, sorry, all I was going to say. One, like one of your one of your things, like a tip, and it is from book. Is if there's something that you want to for forming a new habit is if, for example, this were one of them that he did use, and he says, if, for example, you enjoy and you'll get a little bit of pleasure from scrolling through Facebook or social media for 15 minutes or whatever, or, you know, you, you like to have a, do something that earns it first. You know, do, start your new habit that earns that that reward. Right. You know, yep. so it might just be that before I look on Facebook, I'm going to go up and downstairs 10 times. That's just a way of starting to be a bit more active. Or, be- or when I've, if I've had this healthy meal, when I have my healthy meal, after I've had my healthy meal, I'm going to sit and I'm going to look through my social media. It might be that. That was just one that he used as an example. So it, it's whatever. whatever the reward, obviously... So do something good, but reward reward yourself. Yeah, if, if it's, if it's With... one of them, Karen. I mean, obviously, don't go training and then think, right, I can have a donut. 
you know, like I'll now I'll stuff my face full of chocolate. Then it's not really that beneficial, is it? But when it's your little things like that, obviously that's the thing. I thought Mark's really good about going out for a walk and said, you're replacing, aren't you? That's a replacement one. There's a re- there's reward. You make things invisible. You make things visible. You make the good things visible. So, yeah, yeah right. That's what we've got to do. Go on, Elm, what we yours? Mine's all about environment. So um, there's two, like the first law of behavior habits is, is make it obvious. So whatever you want, whatever positive habit you want to build, make it obvious, make it so, so clearly that you're going to do that, that it's hard and not to do the habit. So if it might be going for a run in the morning, the night before, put your running stuff in the doorway. You can't go through that door without treading on or going over your running kit and make it uh, less obvious for those bad habits. So if you've got food in the house you don't want to eat or the special treat or whatever, whatever it is you don't want to have, the first thing is to don't have it in the house in the first place. But sometimes, like I say, we talked about today, you're not in control of that environment. But put whatever it is that's going to be that derail or that kind of negative habit, so hard to get to, that breaks it being a habit. It becomes a, a physical conscious choice. So habits are kind of subconscious. They're not something we think about. As soon as we have to think about it, we're breaking that habit bond. So I make those bad habits really hard to do and those good habits really kind of so obvious it's hard to avoid them. Um, right. And then ha- find, a, find a troop, find a social group that fits in with the habits and behaviours that you want to have um, and, that, 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 and have that support network around you. Uh, you don't have to replace people. You don't have to get rid of your friends. I'm not saying that. But if you can find a new social group that fits into that, that kind of belief system, that will help. So, I mean, it should be, they should be looking for a change anyway. So it shouldn't be that hard, should it? If you're looking, if you've identified that you have got some bad habits that you want to get rid of, so looking for a new group or new group people to put yourself in amongst, like you say, it's not a case of replacing, is it? But you should already be kind of on the lookout for that, shouldn't you? Looking yeah. to join a new gym, looking to find find a walking group, et cetera, that type of thing. That word you mentioned there, great hard, is, is really one to important recognise. I'll really quickly mention it. Don't make life too hard for yourself. Yeah. Small bit, small changes. Like, yeah. address one habit at a time. Be that create a new good one or get rid of one bad one, but reasonably attack one thing at a time and, and be realistic about you're not going to be perfect from day one. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to fall off the wagon. That's okay. You'll still get there in the end. Yeah. Right. Yeah. On on that for the small changes, Mark. The final one on that where it says one of them and it says if you eat healthily. For a hundred meals, and then all of a sudden you, you see that you've lost weight on that hundredth meal. Were it the hundredth meal that made you lose weight, or the effect of the hundred meals put together? Do you know what I mean? And that's that's what it's about, isn't it? Yeah. And on that note, good enough. Done for time. Awesome. Yeah. Right. Well, I think I think from my point of view, I've learned loads from that. So hopefully, listeners, I hope you have as well, because I know a little bit less than these two. So Jody. Number one, you've got to learn some stuff from that. Because I have. That's been really good. We could have talked about that. I had questions all day long. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you like the episode, we'd like you to share with us that on YouTube, Instagram and Twitter. You can listen again on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Please leave us a rating and a review. And any comments would be more than appreciated. And hopefully you'll tune back next time for our next episode. The Yorkshire Fitness Podcast.